0: The second stage tanks now pressurized.
1: 35 seconds and counting. We are still going. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Lickin on Linden. Are we beginning to see the formation of a fundamental shift in the American dream of home ownership? A weekly mortgage market update. 20 seconds and Providing up-to-the-minute information. The of Chinese investors in the real estate market, and they're really starting to have an impact, but it's only... On as- interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. If you look at at a dollar value, it's significant. If you look at it at a unit basis, it's inconsequential to the overall big market to participate. In today's program, our guest call in line is 646 716 4972. Here's the deal. How much of the market, real estate market, is comprised of this type of property? 12 11 10 9 Ignition Sequence Start. And now, here is your host of Lickin' on Lending. Three, two, David Lickin. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I chuckled at that opening. That was done and sent to me by Alice's son, Andy Alvey, who is a professional. Talk about a true professional as a DJ. We're going to continue to work on that. Kind of shorten that up just a bit, but it's really good. So kudos to Andy. We love working with him. But welcome to the program, everybody. This is David Lickin, your host of Lickin' on Lending. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals and an increasing number of real estate professionals. And we're grateful to have you as our listener. Our commitment to you is to bring you timely information in an audio format that can help you learn more about what's going on in the industry anytime and anywhere. I had a great email on Sunday. Lori Brewer of LBAware was out doing her job and she was listening to a download of the podcast and she says, you know, this is really a good program. Glad to hear it. She was commenting that Alan Pollock is now going to be a regular part of it, so we're adding a technology component to this. We're always working on increasing this, raising the bar, continue to do a better and better job at this. So anyway, so good to have you with us, everybody. It's Columbus Day. So are you ready for a little interesting? You know how the world is getting just crazy about PC? we it's got the NFL. Attendance is way down. My wife was telling me that the comedy shows are really off. I mean, it seems like there's just some more polarization of what's going on. So I was researching earlier this morning about Columbus Day, and I was thinking about this. Do you know what? There are now Alaska, Hawaii, and Andy's from Alaska, so he, he can explain this better than anybody. Alaska, Hawaii, Oregon, and South Dakota have replaced Columbus Day. Day with, are you ready for this, Indigenous People's Day. And cities like Denver, Phoenix, and Los Angeles have also ripped off Columbus Day, and we have now Indigenous Peoples Day. Now, I'm 100% Norwegian, and everybody knows it really wasn't Columbus that discovered America. It was Leif Eriksson, right? Yeah, sure, you betcha. My heritage of Norway is coming out, so I've always been offended by this day, but I've never gone for it to be Leif Eriksson Day or anything. But anyway, I'm just joking. I haven't been. We're glad to be in America. We're glad to be a part of this, and the freedoms we enjoy, I'm so grateful. Our thoughts and prayers continue to go out for all of the victims and the families that are impacted by what what's going on in uh, Las Vegas and going on across the world so much to focus on so it's nice to just take a respite out of all of that and focus on what's happening in this industry and that's what it is today today we have John Hope Bryant joining us. He's the founder and chairman of CEO of Operation Hope. Very exciting. I got turned on to John and Operation Hope by a good friend of mine, someone who's a high-profile industry, professional mortgage industry, professional years, yours, David Matthews. He's now head of the National Association of Restaurants. I mean, I probably got that wrong. But anyway, the Restaurant Association. And he is a part of Operation Hope. And he's invited me to participate in that. John just released a new book. And I'm really excited. It's called, Did You Get the Memo? Many didn't. And we're going to be talking about the book. We're going to talk about that. Here's the deal. The reason we want to talk about financial literacy, how we can do more about this, is because we want to bring more people into homeownership, and how are they going to do that? It's through hope. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. But I mean, but hope. How do you create hope? It's by getting knowledge how people can actually get past negative circumstances that they've gone through in their past and get financial literacy and enter the housing market, enter the American dream. If that's what's best for them. So anyway, happy indigenous happy indigenous People's Day or Columbus Day wherever you're located. And it's good to have you with us. I want to say a special thank you to everyone joining us today. Alice, Andy, we got Paul, Sam, and Alan is in the house. And we're going to have John later on in the program. But we want to say a special thank you to them that make the content of this program so compelling. Also, we want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, ArchMI, the Innovative Race Star Program. They created that. It's doing extremely well. Motivity Solutions, which is now part of the Black Knight family. They have a real-time reporting dashboard and scorecards, allowing you to see what is going on inside your business on a real-time basis. Belma, Brent Embler and the team there have a very efficient mortgage marketing and email platform. Thrilled to have them as sponsors, as well as Simplifile, a real-time electronic communication exchange. And you got to get over to see Nancy Alley and her booth there at the National Mortgage Conference that's coming up. And, of course, the Mortgage Collaborative, the power of the network, and Finastra, the third largest fintech company in the world with approximately 10,000 employees in 42 countries, serving 9,000 companies. So good to have all of these folks a part of our podcast and help getting the word out and making it successful. So the MBA conference is coming up. Rob is going to tell us about that in just a minute. But also, we have November 1st through the 3rd, the Risk Compliance Summit in San Francisco, being put on by Compliance Ease. Very excited to be speaking on that, developing a compliance social media marketing strategy. I'll be moderating with Don Lamp, who's a good friend. Looking forward to having him on in the upcoming broadcast on this very topic. Also, November 15th and 16th, MGIC's Focus 2017 event. I'll be the keynote speaker at that. Learn more, you can head over to our website, Lickin' on Lending, or over Sam Garcia's website, Mortgage Daily, for an exhaustive, I mean, Sam's got an exhaustive, list of everything going on today. So without further ado, let's see what Rob has for us.
2: Hi, I'm Rob Van Rapport. Welcome to this week's Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. This week, FHFA Director Mel Watt testified before the House Financial Services Committee. Director Watt reiterated his view that it is the role of Congress and not the FHFA to reform Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. MBA strongly agrees and has laid out a detailed plan for comprehensive legislative reform of the GSEs. You can read about this plan at mba.org/gse reform. MBA's weekly application survey this week showed that the applications decreased 0.4% from one week earlier and the average contract interest rate for a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage increased to 4.12%. MBA is also looking forward to hosting our annual convention and expo October 22nd through the 25th in Denver, Colorado. It will feature appearances by Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, Dr. Ben Carson, and five-time NFL MVP, Peyton Manning. Thanks for joining me this week on MBA's Mortgage Minute. Rob's a good guy. He does
0: a great job at the NBA. So, hope to see you all in Denver. If you're not registered, there's still some rooms available. I snag a room right next to the conference center. There are rooms that are scattered all over. Get registered for this conference. Let's take a look at what's going on with the markets. Let's start with Les Parker's report from Loan Logics on aspects of the market, more of the
1: macro view. So, with that, Les Parker, take it away. Hey Dave. This is MarketLogix Live, sponsored by LoanLogix. I want the road one that I have ever known I don't know where it goes, but it's only I walk She walks a Euro road the only one that she's ever known don't know where it goes, but her gold leads and she makes the loans She leads to empty streets on the boulevard of broken dreams. The evidence is overwhelming that Europe has major structural problems. In the end, the alternative golden rule applies: He who hath the gold rules. With Germany being the largest European economy, it is the biggest benefactor of the euro. Europe's lender of last resort is Germany. A faltering euro lifts the dollar and makes U.S. treasuries and mortgages more attractive. In spite of the current bear market in long-term treasuries, the trend in mortgages remains bullish, but they're going nowhere. These views are my own. Go to logics.com to subscribe to my daily newsletter.
0: Yep, 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 yep. Les Parker's got a great perspective on it. You can check out his perspective at his website. Do so. I encourage you to do so. Yeah, we're working with Les. A lot of people call me and say, sounds like he's in the shower. We're working on getting that audio fixed, so it's a little bit better. They do a good job with the music parody, and I really appreciate them being here each and every week. And thank you, folks, for your comments. Now. Guess where Joe Farr is? It's Columbus Day, or if you want to be a PC your Indigenous Peoples Day. I'm still chuckling over when I found that on the Internet this morning. Uh, anyway, the bond market is closed today, so Joe Farr is out on the golf course. That's right. Austin Mortgage Bankers are having a golf outing, and that's where Joe is. So he wanted to say hello, and he gave me some updates on what happened on the market. Of course, markets are closed today. So last week, MBS prices, end of the week, about where they began Despite pretty strong economic data early in the week, MBS prices managed to hold better than expected. They held fairly steady. The ISM Manufacturing Index increased, and that's the Institute of Supply Managers. That Manufacturing Index rose to the best level since 2004. The prices paid component rose to the highest level since 2011. So that's better expected. Now, you'd think that'd have more of a negative impact on the market. Actually, interest rates held. Maybe the indication of a rising inflation in the distant future was anticipated. It wasn't there. The construction spending also exceeded expectations. The ISM services rose to the best level since 2005. We also saw more volatility in the MBS, some aspects of it later in the week. But again, we closed out the week fairly strong. On Thursday, hawkish comments came from Fed President Williams. And pushed MBS prices just a bit lower. Along with better than expected factory orders on Friday morning, we saw the jobs report was. Bad for mortgage rates came in good. Jobs report was good good for the markets. What's good for the economy is bad for mortgage rates. Kind of pushed mortgage rates up a little bit. Then the loss of 33,000 jobs in September was ignored due to the hurricane effect. So while there was some job loss, they attributed it to the hurricane effect. So anyway, drop in an unemployment rate and the increase in the average hourly earnings were not as significant. Again, unemployment rate fell to 4.2% from four percent four august's wage increase was revised higher as well mbs prices fell to 7.30 seconds after the release of the data and reports later in the morning that north korea was planning to test another long ratios well all of that just mixed in there it's amazing that the markets held off where they were a lot of activity this Wednesday. We have the JOLTS report, the ten-year auction, and the minutes from the 9:20 Fed meeting. It's going to be very interesting to see if we get any new clues from that. And also, the producer price index is coming out on Thursday, and Friday is the big day with the retail sales and the CPI number. So, consumer price index—all of that will be very interesting. Again, the market moves very much by what's going on. So, how do people get along without a service like MBS QuoteLine? I don't know. There's a lot of other good services out there, and there's some good ones. But what I like about the MBS Quoteline one is it's concise. It lands in your cell phone, iPad, desktop, and it's just all right there in a very concise manner. You know exactly what's going on. You don't have to guess. It gets you what's critical. So check it out, mbsquoteline.com. You can also then, if you're not gotten their free offer before, taking advantage of it, you can do so. Joe, I hope you hit them long, straight. Have a great time out there. We're thinking about you, friend. All right, so let's take a quick break and uh, listen to uh, our friends, listen about Velma, uh, the marketing program that you should be considering taking advantage of for your company to increase volume. Here it is. Are you using one of those expensive CRMs that your loan officers won't use? If so, then give my friends at Velma a call and let them help you create a customer journey that relies on the data and not on loan officer interaction. I encourage you to consider working with Velma to create a truly automated marketing experience for your organization. Velma makes marketing automation easy. Schedule a demo today at Velma.com. V-E-L-M-A acom The Mortgage Collaborative was founded by former chairman of the NBA, John Robbins and David Kittle, and leaders at the forefront of the diversity movement in the real estate industry, Jim Park and Gary Acosta. The Mortgage Collaborative is the nation's only independent cooperative. The Collaborative provides its members the opportunity to meet and form meaningful relationships with top mortgage professionals and leaders in our industry. In a relationship-driven business such as ours, often who you know is as important as what you know. To learn more, go to MortgageCollaborative.com or call Rich Swarbinski at 440-552-0691.
3: The power of the network. It's
0: Truly the power of the network. Great group of people, and I'm proud to be a part of that. David Kittle and John Robbins. And gosh, the long list of people that are out there that were past presidents of the NBA that brought this together is really good. And so Gary Acosta and Jim Parks did a great job excited about being a member of it, encourage you to do so as well. Let's get over to Alice Alvey and then Alan Pollack after that. Alice, good to have you on the program, as always. And thank you for always standing ready and able. Should audio go out to jump in? And good to have you on, Alice. What you got for us today?
4: Uh, first of all, I don't care what you call it, as long as we still get a day off in October. Now, you know, being in a mortgage company, we don't actually have it off, but so how about we call it First Responders <laughs> yeah. Day, right? Wouldn't it be yeah, like a that. holiday for all our first responders? With
0: uh, no kidding, that one I'll sign up for. I, I thought it was. I cracked up when I saw Indigenous People's Day. So, oh, <laughs> Alice, Alice, I'm growing weary of uh, all this stuff. But anyway,
4: yeah. So you know, like we said, we can call it whatever we want as long as there's still a bank holiday almost once a month, right? If to, <laughs> yeah, generally, exactly if you look at right. the calendar. There's some someday off in there. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of first responders, there was a bill introduced back in September. It is Senate Bill 1831 called Volunteer First Responder Housing Act. And it was uh, – the wording is a little weak, uh, but it's I think the intention is good to include first responders with the Good Neighbor Next Door program that FHA offers where police officers and teachers – Get the $100 down payment to purchase a home in certain areas. And I thought, well, you know, let's get behind the first responders, add them to that. Uh, I think the wording of it needs some cleaning up to make it clearer, but the idea of adding firefighters, anybody with two years of service, 200 hours, that sounds reasonable to me and I like that. Now, I don't know if we're going to get anything through in these last few months, but if anybody's looking for a silver lining and something fun to latch onto, to me that's on the list um Senate bill 1753 the transitional licensing bill is still not moving talking with bill cosgrove you know he's still very connected with the mba uh, having been president his thoughts on this were that you know maybe if we can get a tax bill through some of these things can get attached to it and i thought well that's brilliant because that's probably what uh, the
2: best path
4: that we might have so nothing yet on trans- transitional li- licensing although it did make some Good steps forward this year compared to other years. And then wrapping out two things, comment period. So comment period is actually expiring today for the CD, changing the terminology within TRID to make sure the CD rule, the delivery of the closing disclosure rule is cleared up because today there can be those odd circumstances where you've got to actually wait four days. And we really need this wording cleared up. For those of you who haven't chimed in yet, post your comments. Make sure it's clear to the CFPD that they do need to clarify this. Do need to make sure when a closing disclosure has gone out, and I am reissuing a closing disclosure, that is okay. I can reset my tolerances as long as I still have like three days, not four. Three days, three is painful enough. Don't think twenty-four <laughs> hours. <laughs> It's all we can do to get that right. So anyway, it's a simple post that you can put in there to encourage that we do clarify this to keep life simpler for consumers. One last thing, there is a proposal out there from the CFPB, and proposal is probably too, too strong of a word, because the CFPB, when it comes to Humda reporting, they know what they want, and they're going to make sure they get what they want. But they do have to go through a little bit procedural here. They did post to get some comments. These must be received by November about the public viewing of Humda data. For those of you who may not be aware, all that Humda data, every loan application that lenders and banks and credit unions take that they make the lending decision on is posted publicly with some data held back for privacy reasons. Now that we're going to have a new 28-some-odd fields for new Humda reporting starting in a year or so, We've got to make sure we all are on the same page on what's going to be held back and not be public. So the fields that are listed as of now to be withheld are the credit score, the automated underwriting engine used, the automated underwriting decision, and thank goodness they were smart enough to put the loan officer NMLS ID number on the will not be disclosed list. Reasons for denial will also be held back. So I think it's a good list of things in addition to, you know, it won't be the full property address, and, of course, the borrower's name will not be there. So our traditional list that won't be shown will remain the same. It's all the new fields. DTI will be in a range, not an exact number, and age will be in a range and not an exact number. So those, I think they're on the right track, but worth taking a look at, especially if you're in sales and you're going, wait a minute, do I want all this out there for my competition to know my borrowers? And for those of you in compliance, is it deleting the right information to make sure we don't run into uh, audit and fair lending problems? So you have some time to comment on that, and that's my report for today, Dave.
3: Good
0: job, Alice. Appreciate it so much. A lot going on out there, and we can learn more. You should become a part of the MBA's Mortgage Action Alliance. You do not have to be a member of yeah. the MBA to become a member of the Mortgage Action Alliance. And also, you, remember, you can go to our website. Alice covers so much information. So if you go to lickitonlending.com. And not, not the Blog Talk Radio website, where that's how we broadcast this out and that you can download it from there. But go to our web website and just listen to Alice's segment or, or Joe's segment or any one of the other segments. You can listen to just... A stack of all the things they've said over the last week has really been something our listeners have wanted. So, Alice, we created that whole page kind of just because of all our guys that came in for all the information you put out. They want one place to go get it, and they got it now. So how about that? You ask, you shall receive. Folks, we're going to be right back after the brief word for David Boland from Finastra, folks. And we got Alan Pollack coming up
2: with the new technology segment. But first, David Bowen Hey, thanks a lot, David. Finastra is extremely proud to be a key sponsor of the Lickin' on Lending Program. Known formally as DNH, Finastra's global lending division provides end-to-end solutions and innovation to the full spectrum of lenders, including independent mortgage bankers, community banks and credit unions, and even the largest banks globally. Learn more about how you provide an innovative digital experience for your borrowers, by leveraging our multi-channel point-of-sale solution, which includes the new MortgageBot Mobile, by visiting our website at Finastra.com.
0: Good job. Pleased to have all of our sponsors, and Finastra, of course, is there. By the way, we're going to be doing our radio broadcast from the NBA two weeks from today in Finastra's booth. So if you're at the conference, swing by. I'd love to see you there. And uh, Alice and Andy, oh, Andy, are you going to be there at the conference? you Are going to be able to swing by the booth? So. No,
5: Dave. I'm already I'm already conferenced up. I'm going to the accounting conference in San Antonio, and then another <laughs> oh, one out in right. Vegas. Oh, uh, that's right.
0: well, we all would love having you there. But yeah, you you are you are conferenced up. You're getting so popular with all the knowledge you got. Well, let's
1: run
6: over to Alan Pollock.
0: Alan Pollock is a new segment. We're now adding the Tech Report on what's going on. So Alan is joining us for the first time. Thank you, Alan, for her willingness to do this. After that, you're joining me in the consulting business. We're gonna be doing a lot together and we got a new podcast coming up here after the first starting the first of the year on technology. So, Al, give us some insights of what's going on. Equifax is one of the things I've been wanting to talk to you about. What you got? Sure, well it's great to be back, David.
7: Thanks for the great introduction. I should I should have a pre recorded set of that so when I walk into different places I can play that as my introduction, because you do it so well. I
0: <laughs> oh, appreciate you being
7: um, here, so man. Thank you. And, and, you know, I also wanted to thank those that listen live and, and those that listen, you know, on their own, like like Lori Brewer over at LBAware. A few people have reached out and, and just said, hey, it's great to hear some new technology stuff, but also interest in our new podcast. And, you know, I've gotten a whole bunch of different ideas that people are looking for or folks that they'd like to interview. So I think you and I will work on some content, but we'll have some some great information for our listeners. Today, you're right, I want to talk about Equifax, and I also want to talk a little bit about artificial intelligence. On the Equifax side, you know, uh, the news has continued to grant our TV sets. In a recent article by Housing Wire, it looked like Equifax data breach and associated challenges are becoming much more broad. The article states that the Credit Union National Association, a trade group that represents credit unions, is now joining Massachusetts, San Francisco, Chicago, and suing Equifax on behalf of its members. So I think we'll hear more and more about the challenge that that has hit our industry, but this is a big one. Uh, 142 million Americans had their personal information exposed. Uh, You and I, by the way, may be of that 142 million. Names, social security numbers, birth dates, addresses, driver's license numbers, credit card numbers have all been obtained by this, this hack. And so what does that mean? Well, today, if a credit card gets stolen... Right? You have a traceability to that. Your card can be turned off. The purchases can be reversed. But when you deal with your DNA, your electronic DNA, it's much harder. So I think the effect of this breach is going to hit us for a very long time. Very important to know that Equifax waited six weeks to disclose the breach. It was disclosed in mid-May. That's six weeks that consumers could have been victimized without their even – without knowledge, without the ability to change anything or to freeze their accounts so it was a very long time that, that that period was out there. Also, what just came out in the news the other day is that three Equifax executives sold a very large amount of their shares in equity in the company during that process. Oh, you're recently.
0: kidding me. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, so no. we'll hear
7: a lot more about that, but I'm sure the SEC <laughs> is going to be involved now
3: as well. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. That's amazing. What's
7: even more interesting, David, is that Wired Magazine, which a lot of people on the technology side really, really like, mentioned that it was completely avoidable. So the attackers exploited a hole in their Apache framework system, which a lot of folks in our industry and other industries use. It's a very popular back-end framework that powers web applications. It had a hole that was disclosed many, many weeks and months ago. So what happened is that the folks that managed the systems at Equifax didn't have the proper procedures in place to patch and maintain all those different security threats. And so the issue that actually occurred was very easily avoidable, but also very easily hackable because it was out there for public knowledge. And they happened. to be. No. So who knows what other targets are out there, but that is extremely important. And so, you know, you think about it, what does it really mean to our industry today, right? Well, it means that our vendors are at risk. The systems that they have in place and the technology they use needs to be updated. Infrastructure and the process to manage to secure those systems we have today needs to be updated. Our lenders are at risk. What vendors do those lenders have in place today? Where does their data yep. flow? You know, the orchestration of all these different vendors we have in place today moves back and forth between many different places. So that's obviously a really important component. And I think it's super important to reanalyze your vendors, whether you're on the vendor side and you're working with other vendors or you're on the lender side. You know, very interesting statistic. I've been looking at a couple of these different things and there's an infographic that was put together by Couchbase, which is a very big database platform, and they interviewed a couple hundred different CTOs, CIOs, and other folks. And what they're basically saying is that right now, $5.7 million on average is spent on the digital transformation. But 86% cited a lack of agility when developing new applications, and 84% of those state that legacy databases have canceled, delayed, or reduced digital projects. So think about wow. last week we talked about the digital transformation of the industry, and you look at right now with this big data breach, there is either applications or systems or, or digital experiences that are at a halt because of these back-end systems, or there's stuff that's just being done and, and folks maybe don't know enough to know that they're, they're widely exposed. So Equifax is a big deal. I think we'll start to
0: hear more about it over the, over the next couple of weeks. Especially on the stock trading. I wasn't aware of that. That's amazing. It's going to land some people, unfortunately, in jail. That's just sad. That's unfortunate. It's just stupid. Pains me to hear that. Well, I signed up. My bank offered me this service, and we signed up for it. It's now covers not only your credit, but stealing your identity it includes identity theft. And we we're part of a small community bank. I'll offer more information. We're trying to get them on as a, to interview them to make them aware of that. It. This is really critical. This is, this is I mean, I'm is. stuttering is what I, I listed. It. So anyway, Alan, good to have you back on the program. You people that did not our listeners that did not hear you last week, go listen to last week's podcast. You can get to it on the website. Alan, we're glad to have you be a part of this. We're going to come up with Sam Garcia in just a minute with Mortgage Daily right after this brief work from Simplifile.
7: Simplifile has technology that gives you the ability to collaborate with settlement agents via real-time chat and messaging, allowing you to track changes, send, receive, and validate documents, as well as obtain status updates and deal with issues as they arise. All of this in a real-time electronic communication exchange. And best of all, you have a complete audit trail of all communications. To learn more, go to simplifile.com or call our good friend Nancy Alley at 1-800-460-5657.
0: You know, I was just thinking about it. You know what? Electronic communication may be the better, safer way to go about it. Check it out at Simplifile. Get over to their booth at the MBA. And learn more, especially with all the data breaches going on there. They're a good partner. Check them out. Sam, good to have you with us again, as always. What's on your radar screen? By the way, I tell everybody, go check out MortgageDaily.com. It's a great website. Sam,
3: good to have you here, Fred. Hey, David, good to be here. Uh, here are a couple interesting headlines that folks might want to go check out on Mortgage Daily where we published over 100 stories a month. The, although the jobs report was a non-bake mortgage jobs expanded by 1,500 people in August. That's good news. FHA 30-day delinquency was up, but the 90-day rate at FHA was the lowest it's been sure. since 2008. Data from Reverse Market Insight indicates that American Advisors is the biggest HECM originator, and this is you know based on FHA's fiscal year. And then subsidiaries of Aquin and Quicken are among the top five HECM originators. Now, I'd like to focus on a couple stories about uh, secondary marketing transactions. I think you and our audience will recall you know, that loan sales secondary market loan sales became non existent shortly after the financial crisis um, well we 've seen you know more and more activity with secondary transactions lately, one of them, Freddie, announced the sale of more than eight hundred million and slightly past due or reperforming loans that it 's expecting to be securitized. MIAC recently or just just announced shall we say a whole loan sale of fifty million dollars in arms. And then, you know, when I look back, Go earlier on the some of the stories we've covered this year. I didn't even get to the beginning of the year, but I see that this year we've covered the sale of more than six billion dollars in Fannie Mae loans, nearly three hundred million in reperforming Freddie Mac loans, and nearly three hundred million in sales of reverse mortgages and bank and property loans by HUD. And then MIAX also additionally announced nearly ninety million dollars in, in high quality and HELOC and non-performing loans. So you know we've seen that market really. Come around. We've got secondary activity going, and uh, when that happens, of course, that means more product could be ultimately available with more investors playing. So, you know, I'd, I'd be curious to get Andy's insight on this, you know, activity yeah. as of late.
5: Well, you know, Sam, you bring up a lot of really interesting points, and on your website, you're talking about that $800 million Friday Max sale. And in that Friday Max sale, I think the thing that's really interesting actually, there's two things that I thought was really interesting. The most important, though, is that. The buyer, Town Point, bought the whole loans from Freddie Mac, was then obligated to now securitize those loans back through Freddie Mac. And here's the good part. Here's the crazy part, the awesome part. The purchaser has to hold the z tranche. So the first loss pool has to be held by Town Point with the rest sold to Freddie Mac. This is is awesome. This means that we're going to be able to do Freddie Mac trades with second-tier loss reserves so that we can – I'm not in favor of going crazy on subprime. We don't want to do that. But, you know, maybe there are some areas where we can, if the investor is willing to take the loss to do some loans that are a little bit more high LTV kind of stuff and have the investor hold the first loss, which is exactly what just happened with this trade. So I thought that was really interesting. The other thing that I thought was interesting, Dave, you'll like this, North Star Mortgage (laughs) is the servicer, and you know what what their doing business name is? So North Star, you don't call them North Star. When you call up, their DBA is Mr. Cooper. So when you call up the phone, they go, thank you for calling, Mr. Cooper. May I help you? Thank you for calling, Mr. Cooper. So um, they have a name, Mr. Cooper, as their DBA. I thought that was interesting, too. But first launch tranches are back. First launch tranches are back. That's awesome. Thanks, Sam.
3: Is yeah, sure, sure. I'm Good glad job. you brought up that Nation Star thing, too. Nation Star taking that new Good name time. of uh, Mr. Cooper, yeah.
0: That's very fascinating. Sam, thanks so much for participating. Andy, for thank you for chiming in. Good job, folks. Everybody, Everyone, We're, uh, go check it out, MortgageDaily.com, or get a hold of Sam at SamGarcia@MortgageDaily.com at or 214 214- Give them a call. We'll be right back after we talk with our good friend Jim Jump at Arch about the latest Rate Star program.
5: Thanks, David. Yep. Let me tell your audience a little bit about ArchMI RateStar. RateStar is the most sophisticated pricing solution for mortgage insurance quotes ever built. RateStar has an advanced revolutionary design. It's simple to use. It's easy to access, and it's fully mobile. You can access it anywhere, anytime. RateStar provides a more sophisticated and dynamic pricing solution, far superior than conventional rate sheets. It's available on loan origination systems, through many pricing engines, and it rewards your origination of high-quality loans, again, with our most competitive rate. Of course, RateStore is backed by ArchMI's people power, providing superior support and service whenever you might need it. For more information about RateStar, please go to
1: ArchMI.com or ArchMICU.com for credit unions. Thanks, David.
5: So
0: true. Well, we've got the profit doctor. We threw him into the middle of that uh, segment last <laughs> on Sam's deal. And uh, that was a heck of a job of winging it there, bud. Yeah, I thought you was really impressed. What you got for us today,
5: if profit doctor? You betcha, you betcha. Bet All right, Dave. So first off, two things for me. One is, uh, what day is it? And two is, how do you deal, learn more about it? <laughs> So, today is October the 9th, which means that our month should be closed. Where's our financials? We want to see our September financials on our desk. Where are they? Have you seen them? Maybe they're under this pile of paper, but I would like to see how much money did we make? What was our closing volume? What did we make in BIPs? What was our profit per originator? Our profit per loan? Did we make more in FHA than conventional? I should know that by right now because my accounting department should be able to produce that for me. If they can't, then we can help, but The good accountants should be able to drive results and use systems to get information. If you want to learn more about accounting generally, I mean, you can go to the dentist and have your wisdom teeth pulled, or you can attend my (laughs) webinar coming up.
0: Are you suggesting it's equally painful? No, yours is way better than a root canal or going to the dentist. Oh, you're bad. You know, for (laughs) a non-accountant,
5: it gets really boring. For for accountants, it's really fascinating. And we are doing our second of four series MBA uh, webinars uh, coming up this Wednesday at Uh, It starts at 1 o'clock Central Time, 2 o'clock Eastern, and that is about loan-level profitability. How do you track loan-level accounting? How do you know what your profit per originator is? How do you know your profit per product? And we go through how to do that and how to do it simply, how to do it using QuickBooks even, and then obviously the the high-end systems like Accounting for Mortgage Bankers and Loan Vision do it really well. But you can get this stuff done, and we teach how to do it in the webinar the next week is then hedging, and the following week is accounting for hedging transactions. So it keeps getting more complicated as we go through.
1: Yeah. But tomorrow,
5: in two days, learn more about accounting. MBA.org Education. Thanks, Dave.
0: Even for the non-accountants out there, you'll learn something, and Andy makes it so interesting. Like Alice, she can make regulatory stuff interesting. Andy takes accounting stuff and makes it interesting. So excited to have John Hope Bryant coming up right after this break, Motivity Solutions, and the latest KPI of the week. We've got John Maynell and then we're going to be back with John Hope Bryant. John?
6: Hello, Dave. Thanks very much. Great to be here, as always. And this week, we have another key performance indicator related to TRID. And the KPI is underwriting to closing days. And like all TRID metrics, the focus is the estimated closing date and how far in advance a file should be submitted to underwriting to make provisions for any and all underwriting eventualities, possibly multiple resubmissions, and leaving enough time after final approval to finish the loan and deliver the closing disclosure on time. A very common practice for lenders that have automated their analytics with mortgage business intelligence like Movation is to have the system automatically send email alerts to participants on those loans that are running late and at risk of missing these milestone deadlines. Now This allows loan participants to continually reprioritize their workflow to ensure they remain compliant, clearly demonstrating again that what gets measured gets results. And with that, Dave, I will thank you once again and turn it back to you.
0: Thank you, John. Appreciate it so much. Folks, I was introduced to OperationHope.org by a good friend of mine, David Matthews. David and I have known each other forever, and we're thrilled to have – David's a part of it. I believe he's maybe even be serving on the board, if I'm not mistaken. We'll get that clarified. But he introduced me to John Hope Bryant, and I am really excited about this because here's why. There are so many first-time homebuyers. We need to get back in the market. And I'm very excited to figure out ways we can do that. And so many people didn't get the memo on how you can clean up your credit, how you can get things working. Well, John just released his book. We're going to be talking about it here and how what you can do it. You should be pointing people to OperationHope.org on the website. So without further ado, let's get John Hope Bryant on the phone here. John, are you here?
8: honor to be with you, and yes, Leif uh, from Norway. I've spent a lot of time in Norway every year through friendship with the Crown Prince uh, of Norway, Hawk and Magnus, and my work with him around. Oh, the wonderful! So, I do I don't know always So yeah, they came here before uh, Columbus, without question. But the reason to call it—I don't know—it wasn't my idea, but I think the reason they call it Indigenous, uh, the Indigenous Day, or in honor of Indigenous Day, that the Native American Indians were here thousands of years. For Way before, so, uh, yeah anybody else so it's sort of it's sort of like you can't discover something that was already here discovered and occupied yep
0: yep well I did some history Uh, on it it was really interesting it was the Italian Catholics that wanted to really lock that one down for themselves so it is what it is. We have we have an adopted daughter. Uh, she's African American. She's part Cherokee. So we've got we represent all of it, and so we've got it all inside of our family. And but John, I I just want to say how thrilled I am to have you here for our listeners. American banker named you the Innovator of the Year. You're also in the fifty top leaders for the future. So it's you're someone we should be paying attention to, and especially what you're doing through Operation Hope. So let's start by telling our listeners who you are and then get into Operation Hope. What was the, what, what caused you to form that? Well, I'm an entrepreneur.
8: We run today. Uh, I'm from California in South Central, Los Angeles, and my mom and dad divorced over money. Um, I remember that when I was five years old, and they built something from nothing. As uh, uh, Really, some folks who migrated from the South, the Southern States, to California, where I was born. But because they weren't financially my dad was financially illiterate. We make a dollar instead dollar fifty. The more money he made, the broker he got. So we went from owning owning a gas, owning nothing, to owning a gas station, and 8 in their apartment building, which would for $18,000, which today would be worth five million. We owned uh, our own home, a senior contracting business, et cetera, et cetera. We lost it all because my dad wouldn't have wow. a who was financially illiterate. He wouldn't ask my mother. Um, for advice, and Ambassador and Andrew Young, one of my mentors, said that men and women fail for three reasons, arrogance, pride, and greed. The reality is my, my dad was a really, really smart man um, and hard worker, but he never got the medal on free enterprise and capitalism. So I uh, was told I loved, loved every day in my life mother, so I never had a self-esteem problem. My dad owned his own business, so I had a sense of, yes, I am my mother, and yes, I can my, but I really didn't understand what I could do. And A Caucasian banker came into California in
2: 1977,
8: the first year of the Community Reinvestment Act. He was told to get, go there by his employer, Bank of America, because of Sierra. That's He
2: right.
8: didn't want to be there. But he got a wonderful diversity experience by the, the meeting kids he would not otherwise meet. And we got t- exposure to this wonderful guy. And my, it was really my first interaction with somebody who was Caucasian and wasn't a detective. <laughs> and <laughs> and we both Ohio. had a wonderful we had, we both had a wonderful experience and he also he said, You know, you kids are just like my kids at home and and you made my life better and that banker was in the I the second session of the home economic class. I said to him, Sir, what do you do for a living and how'd you get rich legally? And I was serious
0: because no one my neighborhood was really <laughs> That's a great question in your neighborhood that's a legitimate question. Yeah.
8: Yeah, nobody wore suits. Nobody had a business card. Nobody was an entrepreneur or a business person. He said, Sir, young man. He said, Young man. He's very nice. He said, Young man, I'm a banker and I finance entrepreneurs. And I said, Sir, I don't know what an entrepreneur is, but if you're financing them, I'm going to be one. And I cracked open the dictionary of the word entrepreneur, and my whole life changed. And that's, that's so realized, awesome. A, yeah, that's when I realized that I hadn't got the memo. And that's when I realized nobody in my neighborhood did. And that's when I realized what well, we don't know that we don't know the killers, what we think we know. And I made a long story yes. short. I borrowed $40 from my mother, went to a liquor store to sell candy. He wouldn't listen to me when I was telling him he sold the wrong kind of candy. So I opened up my own candy house in my den and put him out of business and made $300 a week when I was 10 years old. And, 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 and that literally changed my whole
0: life. I love that. So, I love the story. So forward?
8: Yeah, but, no, you first, today. I'm sure you're going to say the story of the folks who sort of came from nothing and, and came from humble beginnings and made something. By the way, which is the whole state of country, we're all immigrants, right? We're all, yep. we're all we, yep. we all, we all are back up on here in the U.S., except Native American Indians. We all of us made something yep. from nothing. You go back to two generations in your family, and they had dirt under their fingernails, right? Coming to elephants. That's right. And we just, we take our stories for granted. And the only story that really had no connection to capitalism. But it really yeah. as a lesson taught was the African-American story because we were slaves and you were literally kept from books, literally kept from knowledge. And you were, shed, you, you, see, right. I, you were set down property. So until really 1970, there was no, yes. there was, you know, we came into the life, but we had no, no tools. And so there was a bank created in 1865 called the Freedmen's Bank by Abraham Lincoln, a brilliant president. Love this man. And yes. the bank's mission was to teach free slaves about money. He was killed the next month. So no one wow. knows about this bank, and I'm the, I'm the only American citizen ever to change the name of a White House building. And last year, I got them to rename the Treasury Annex Building, the Freedman's Bank Building. It's right across the street from the White House, right across the street from Treasury. And, and honor honor former slaves to put every dollar they had in that bank, and they showed such industriousness that Lincoln and his whole cabinet really was going to give them land and set them all up, and then, of course, Lincoln like, was assassinated. So you fast forward to the day. And it's not just black folks who can get the memo. You have 35 million black people who never got a class on capitalism, but it's my white friends in rural white America. 50% right. of white Americans have a credit score below 620. That's about 28 million people. That's all my white friends in rural America who are depressed, or stressed, dying faster than anybody else in this country, and who are voting, uh, in many cases, in the voting cycle out of fear because their economy walked away from them. That's middle-class Americans who are living from paycheck to paycheck, who are stressed out, who have too much money at the end of their money, so today, it's really not about black or white. It's about having some more green. <laughs> it's,
0: it's yeah, a real color. That's good. I like that. That's a great phrase. And folks, we're referring to John's book that he just released, The Memo, Five Rules for Your Economic Liberation. I love it. It was released September eighteenth, two 2017, just last month. It's an excellent book, and I've been listening to his interviews and a number of the Programs I went on. You can see them on YouTube. You can listen to a lot of John's interviews. I encourage you to go listen to it. John's an extremely articulate, passionate guy to help those that, quote, didn't get the memo. And so I recommend you getting his book. He's got a number of other books out there. One of my favorite ones was How the Poor Can Save Capitalism. And I go, boy, that grabbed my attention. So I started reading in that one, John. You're very articulate. Let's talk about hope now and some of the things you're doing. One of the things In one of the interviews that I listened to, you talked about how you are setting up in each bank, many banks, and I think mortgage companies. We have a 400,000 listeners, over 400,000 listeners of mortgage professionals in the in industry, mortgage industry, creating housing finance. We need, we're seeing home ownership drop to the lowest levels they've been at, at decades. And what we need to do is we need to bring them back, but we need to bring them back in a responsible way, not through some crazy subprime programs that sets people up for failure. So how is Hope Now organization doing just that? Or org. excuse me.
8: No problem. You're, you're thinking about HOPE now from the Morris crisis, um, the work that yes. has done out of uh, Washington, D.C. This is a good organization, by yes. the way. Um, and, and actually, we got a call with the masses they use our name when they first started. Um, so Operation HOPE, I founded it after the Rodney King riots in 1992. Today, we have 3 million clients, $3.5 billion invested, sorry, $2.5 billion invested in underserved neighborhoods. Uh, we're serving uh, in rural neighborhoods all the way up to folks making Fifty or sixty thousand dollars of all races, and we're raising credit scores 120 points in 24 months because nothing changes your life more than God and love than moving your credit score yep. 120 points. And if, yeah. you, if you think about the Invisible Class, I put in that book, the memo. And by the way, today the book is a bestseller on Amazon. And if you look at the Invisible Class, these are of all races the people who don't see feel seen by power, wealth, and opportunity. And and, and how do they feel like they're struggling? How do they get ahead? And so we we were authorized, only nonprofit authorized to go inside of a bank branch, to operate the bank branch in U.S. history. And we we decided to help the bank get out of the no-business, which they're forced to be in if you have a 580 credit score, uh, and back into the U.S. Yeah.
0: business. Uh, I love that. So the bank, I got to make- I like- I gotta interrupt because I, dude, your audio is just a little fuzzy right there. Now, everyone – So by the way, folks, we apologize for the audio with John. We're doing our best to clean it up, and well, if you go back and listen to it on a downloaded basis, we'll be able to clean it up. But it's just a bad connection right now, John. Apologize, but you said that banks are in the no business, have been, and you're helping them get into yes business. And I want to expound you to expound on that because I think mortgage lenders need to get a part of this and become get on board with this so that we can get more first-time home buyers back in the market. How are you? doing that specifically?
4: So, and
8: here is here's a shocking statistic. The average credit score in America is 700. I just told you that 15% of white America is below 620, and that's the frustrated voter block by 20 million people. But 44% of African Americans are below 620, which means they're locked out of the capital market, can't get a small business loan, they're going to get a really not-so-great mortgage loan, they don't know what we don't know. They're, they're, you know so, but this is also an opportunity. If we, Operation Hope, we're going to open a thousand locations yeah. by 2020. We've already opened 100 locations as of uh, two weeks ago. It last one in Baltimore, Maryland. We're open locations location every two weeks, like Starbucks and Financial Inclusion. If we can get these credit scores up, then, then think, think, imagine if we can move 10% of the U.S. population. If we move the credit score up, 80 points. It literally changes the game for the whole country. GDP rises. Hope rises. Yes. Crime comes down. Vote, uh, a voter yep. engagement goes up. Hope goes up. Aspiration goes up. Confidence in ourselves goes up. We stop looking at each other and arguing with each other and pointing fingers at each other. You know, I was just in South Africa last week, and Europe also – and everybody wants to be an American except
0: American. <laughs> I mean yeah, – that's so, that's so funny. It's sad, it's sad. I'm laughing only because it's kind of sadly true. Yes. Yeah.
8: So I think but when you get the credit score up across the country, and imagine if we can get credit score up for black folks from, six, six, you know, 44% under 620 to, I don't know, 55 or 60%, you know, above 680, 700. I mean, all the lights come on in the, in the country. Um, now, the yeah. small business increases. Entrepreneurship explodes. Homeowners. I agree. Explodes, your point. And now these mortgage lenders don't have to try to try to put a size six foot into a size three shoe, <laughs> which is the mortgage. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's
0: a good. That's good. That's good. Alice, I want to run over to you in just a moment, so get ready. I'm going to go to Alice, Andy, and then Al and let you guys get in on some questions. You'll we'll be thinking about it. I'll do it in that order. You're doing a lot internationally. You talked about going to my old homeland, Norway, and talking about being in Africa recently. Obviously, your organization, OperationHope.org, is going out well beyond our borders. Why is that? We've got enough issues here. I'm glad that you're doing it, but it, it sounds like you've become an international organization well the world's in
8: trouble uh is the a problem we're, you know we're sitting in a moment in history but history never feels historic when you're sitting in it It just feels like another day and, and half the world's yeah. depressed right now without hope and we're making really bad leadership choices all around the world people who are pushing fear and throwing up walls and pointing fingers it's a, it's a global academic and somebody's got to lean get that has a step in the gap and be a force for good you know and so we're yep. being an inspiration in other countries, but we're being an, action, being an action agent here in America because this is my home, and charity starts at home, and I'm so proud yep. of the offices were opening in rural, in rural America with, with my white brothers and sisters, and I'm so proud of the work we're doing across racial and political lines to show that, that this is really, our problems are really economic, they're not political, they're not even racial. We, we start feeling economically yes. stressed,
0: and all of a sudden, of our security so gone. true. That is so true, John. That's just so, so true. I just watched the movie Mully. It was out for a very, very short time, only three days. Mm-hmm. But it's a story of mm-hmm. Mully who went homeless, got left in a mud hut in Kenya, and he rose to prominence. And uh, you would think he got inspired. He got hope as a result of that book, your book, and what you were doing there. But he found it on his own, but many can't. And that's why you have your organization, and that's why you've published your book. Let's get over to Alice. Alice, I'll let you jump in on the conversation here. Any questions come to mind that you have for John?
4: John, thank you for all the work that you do and for being on the show. So my question goes back to the credit score improvement uh, that you talked about. I am a firm believer that a lot of it does have to do with, with education. And as you said, you know, people don't know what they don't know. So can you explain? how you go about that, you know, how what what is sure. needed and what you do currently to help get that word out and help people walk through Because it's a process, right? It's not holding one seminar yes. and then they go do it, right? That's it's, right.
7: It's being with them
4: right. long term for sometimes, you know, a good year to two stretch or more to get that leap. So I'd love to know a little so, bit more about what you actually do there. So those are
8: excellent questions, right, that you just raised. The first thing I'll say very quickly is, that we have got poverty wrong. We think that poverty is some little black kid or black woman somewhere with three children and she's disheveled. No, poverty is often our middle-class friend right next to us because it's a state of mind, right? So, so if you have crappy self-esteem and crappy confidence, then you're poor. If, if, because if you don't know who you are by 9 in the morning, by dinner time, somebody's going to tell you who you are. And, and you can't do anything, including this radio program, without confidence. Hopefully self-esteem, too. If you don't have confidence, your children will run over you, role models. If all I see in my neighborhood is symbols of success or rap stars, athletes, and drug dealers, then nobody should be surprised if our kids grow up wanting to be a rap star, an athlete, or a drug dealer. It actually becomes sort of common sense. You model what you see. And lastly, if you hang around nine go people, you'll be the tent. Code word for hope, and the most dangerous person in the world is a person with no hope. So here's poverty. Uh, low self-esteem and low confidence, crappy role models, crappy environment, no hope, which means I see opportunity nowhere. Wealth is just the opposite of that, and all we do at Operation Hope is reintroduce you back to yourself and, and give you your hope back and let the endorphins kick on the right side of your brain, and and that's, and that's we use credit scores as a way to measure your progress in a way that the, the individual can feel confident about themselves and markets can reward that confidence with more opportunity. So when you walk into a Hope Inside location and we're 12% by contract I lost SunTrust Bank branches. We just did a deal with Regions Bank, 10% of their bank branches, all their branches. So 200 locations for SunTrust, 100 with Regions. First Tennessee Bank, 10% of their branches. One Web Bank, bank 10% of their branches. We're in Whole Foods. We're in Hyatt Hotels. We just did a deal with Delta, UPS. So now we're going into employers and not just retail locations. So you walk into open-side location, And imagine going into Target and seeing Starbucks on the right. Now you walk into a bank branch and you see Hope is side on the right. And, you, and, and the banker, no one knows this really, even mortgage professionals looking into your program may not know. The banker literally cannot tell you when, you when they pull your credit report through your mortgage application, that bank, they cannot tell you. They know right that moment, it's 590, 580 credit score, you're not going to get approved. But they can't say it for fear of regulatory burdens, risk management, or getting sued. let you go through the whole process. And then when they, you get declined, the they tell you they refer you to the credit bureaus. Well, you have low self-esteem. You're not going to the credit bureaus. You're going to click off and press go home, curse at the bank. A bank manager's job is to say, look, I can't talk to you about this. That guy or that girl 10 feet away, they don't work for me. They work for John Bryant. They're a nonprofit. They can talk to you. Go over there. We pull so, the credit yes.
0: response. Yes. Go Go so ahead. you're saying the person is sitting in the branch of the bank branch. Yeah. Do you yeah. have any mortgage companies signed up for this program, John?
8: Uh, not yet. Not yet.
0: Not well, yet. we're going to try to make an impact on that and see if we can't help on that. Let's let's get over. I'm looking at the clock. It's just, man, we're burning up time faster so, than ever. I, I want to so, get through so the let, end. So, let, Go ahead. Finish, I, know I, your I
8: know i got a lot. I know I got long riffs, so I apologize. But let me just, just end that question and We worked that lady for eight months. We got her credit score up, uh, in that example, um, 90 points. We walked about across the hall, got her a 4% mortgage with SunTrust Bank. She became a homeowner in Memphis, Tennessee and got her earning a tax credit check for another $10,000. And she then hired people in the neighborhood to put a roof over a new roof on her house and the landscaping in front of her house, which popped GDP in the neighborhood. So you are like a financial concierge, right? Like a private banker for the poor and the working class. All right, back to you.
0: Yeah, I love it. Concierge inside of a bank. Now hopefully we get the mortgage company to sign up for that. Andy Shell. let's get you in on the discussion here quickly.
5: Hey, hi, John. Thanks for being on the show. It's great to have you here. Quick question. Yeah. I embrace everything you're saying and fully support your efforts. I, for a long time, have believed that knowledge is power. And I applaud your efforts to get knowledge to everybody. And this isn't a race thing. I've got relatives of mine who have known me all my life, and they won't, they won't listen to me for a second. They won't hear what I tell yep. them about pay your bills on time, you can get your credit score up. So it's, not just, it's about hearing. It's about receiving the information. It's like going to the doctor. They know they need to, but they don't. So how do you get people uh, undereducated to accept the fact that they need to hear this and they have to put forth the effort to change the way they've been li- living because they have to pay their rent on time, have to pay their house payment on time, can't default on their car loans. And I've been struggling with this all my life, and so I'd love to hear your wisdom <clears> on this area.
8: Yeah, so let me take the toughest example. It's a great question. The toughest example is the African-American experience. We serve everybody, but that's the toughest because what I told you earlier. Like after 350 years of slavery and 100 years of Jim Crow that ended in 1970, basically 80% of black folks are clinically undiagnosed depressed. They feel like crap. Ah. They were told they weren't crap, and they feel like crap. So their self-esteem is in the toilet. That's the problem. So the first thing we do is we give we we, we, we give that lady a win, right, An example. We put her credit report. Right. It, what's this? I don't know. That's an error. We then correct the error, <laughs> which is the 40 points pop on your credit score within 30 days, and now what well, she feels better about herself, right? So her confidence goes up. She believes in the system again. She actually won something. So then she says this, what do we do next? The minute she says, what do we do next,
0: I got her.
5: Yep, yep, you do.
0: Yeah, and then you know, it's telling that story over and over, and I think one of the things that I want to help do with our podcast, what well, we can do every way we can, John, is to get this story told. I'm so glad David Matthews encouraged me to get you on here. Now I understand better. Alan, I'm looking at the clock. You don't have a lot of, but a few moments to slip in a question. John, We have got just a few moments to respond, but Alan, I'll toss it over to you for our last final question here. Thanks, David, and John, nice nice to chat with you.
7: I, I also agree, and, and I appreciate everything that you're doing. I was looking at your website and you have the small business empowerment program so you know maybe some folks have a decent credit score you're going to help them raise that credit score but like you said wanting to be an entrepreneur from from the early days how do you help others with that same kind of goal
8: well once we get you so there's two examples we get you rehabilitated up from up from from depressed to in distress to level playing field and then we go from from you really being in a surviving mentality to a thriving mentality, now you're aspirational. What do you you want to do? I want to become a homeowner. I want to become a small business owner. I want to become an entrepreneur. Then we have free classes for all that. We have 22 federal licenses from CFPB, FDIC, OCC, Federal Reserve. All these licenses are in-house and hanging a shingle. In our locations, we just plug you into your dreams.
7: That's great, and so I I know we're short on time. I'd love to chat with you more, and I'm going to steal a little bit of David's thunder. But how can we get involved? Uh, Yes, volunteer,
8: volunteer, become a paid member of Operation Hope. You know, engage, become an advocate for our work. Get the book, the memo, pass it out to people who you care about because it's really everything the world never taught you about how power, money, wealth, and success really works. These these folks are not dumb; they just
4: never got
0: the memo and never got the memo. Folks, you can get John's book. It's available on Amazon. I'm in the website right now, The Memo. Five Rules for Your Economic Liberation. And while you're there, pick up his other books out there as well. Good stuff. Got a real fan of someone I have tremendous respect for, David Matthews. And, John, I want to say thank you on behalf of the co-hosts here on the program for joining us today. I can certainly understand why you've been named by Time Magazine as, well as 50 Leaders for the Future. Keep that up. And uh, we want to keep checking in. We'll all do what we can to give your voice, make sure it's heard, and encourage Others. I've got several people I want to introduce you to already. Just hearing this, leaders in the industry. So we need to get you speaking at more of our conferences. So kudos, way to go! Thank you so much for joining us, John. Let you get the last word in just as we wrap this up.
8: Thank you so much. I, look, we can do well and do good. We can do well by doing good, and we can reignite the story of America. This country's story is far from over. We're still the largest economy on the planet, but we got to believe in ourselves. Stop fighting with each other and, and understand that we are all yes. got and we're all brothers and sisters. We can Imagine. take no pleasure. There's a hole in my end of our boat. We're all in this mess
0: together. And it is a mess, but we can do it when we get in and roll up our sleeves, get into together, help. We can we can make such a difference. I am so grateful, John, that you took time to be with us. Thank you so much. Please stay in touch. I'll be staying in touch with you, and we definitely want to get you on. By the way, your assistant is the best. Miss Freeman is awesome. So oh. give her kudos. <laughs> Charmili- She's the awesome. Charmelia's the truth and the light. <laughs> Oh, she is amazing. How, I told her between you and me how she can manage you and your schedule. It sounded like mine and what was going on. So give her kudos and a shout out. I really appreciate you, John. Folks, we've had John, who is John Hope Bryant on OperationHope.org. Check it out and also get his book. And also, you mortgage lenders out there, let's find ways to increase homeownership. Get his program into your company. Get it introduced, and I'm sure you can get out the home. John, for those that want to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to reach you? We have
8: 40 million viewers of my videos on Facebook. I, I respond personally to all comments. It's John Hope Bryant Live. I do three videos a week. You can go to John wow. dot com for my blog or OperationHope.org for my team.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, John. Appreciate you being here. Very grateful. Very, very grateful. Folks, we're looking forward to having you back next week. We've got Jim Blanchard is going to be talking to us about how do we work together? How do we communicate more effectively? Jim gave an awesome presentation at the Mortgage Collaborative in Nashville. It was, it was over the top good, and we're excited to have him on the program next week. Have a great week, everybody. Look forward to talking to you. And uh, if you get a chance, uh, get John's book and, and let's make a difference to this world. Let's help. Let's get in and do what we can. Not accept the statistics. Let's go out and make a difference. You can, I can. Appreciate you, everybody. Have a great week. Talk to you next week.